0: Annika was a perfect example when she shot 59 here at Moon Valley. And she started with eight birdies. The first thing she told me walking off the green was
1: And welcome back. Welcome aboard another heart train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We've got our other co-host, Matt Cermak with me. What's up, Ev?
2: Good to be back. What an episode, by
1: the way. What an incredible episode. You guys are in for a real treat. Two of the best golf coaches in the world. But before we get to that, if your golf game off the rails, if you're sick of riding the struggle bus, you come to the right place. Welcome aboard. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. Obviously, we unpack the mental game with PJ Torpo's bestselling author, CEO, sports psychologist, some of the best coaches in the world like today with Pia and Lynn, everyday golfers like you and me and more make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode of the part train, like every episode is presented by our friends at Roback Activeware. The thing that I don't think we talk enough about with Roback is no one releases more new styles than Roback does. Oh yeah. So Not I, just I new
2: styles though. They're based around themes.
1: Yeah. Right? Theme it seems styles. like they've
2: got something for everything.
1: <laughs> well, I've been saying on our Instagram story, I'm like, I keep telling myself I'm done. I don't need anymore. I'm going to wow. give them away. But oh, then they released good. the Island green polo. Then they released the Irish camo for St. Patty's. And I'm like, I need all of these. Yes. <laughs> and right. you can't stop. <laughs>
2: Or do you know somebody who needs it? So that's a birthday gift. Right. So if a, you guys,
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So if you guys haven't gotten any rowback stuff, or if you've gotten something, you're looking for something else, tap that link in our bio at the par train and it'll auto apply in your cart, get 15% off or enter the code train. If it doesn't work, that means you've used it before. So get creative, enter a new email, borrow your wife's email, do whatever you have to do. But a lot of theme stuff coming. They've got new lady stuff coming. Every holiday, they're going to have theme polos. The master's is coming up under a month. So rollback.com. I mean, it's our favorite polo, the best polo in golf. It's not even close. Hoodies, Q-zips, you name it, they got it. Okay. Let's give a bit of context on Vision 54 before we preview this episode. So Vision 54, if you haven't heard of Pia Nilsson and Lynn Marriott, co-founders of Vision 54 Golf School in Arizona, Their school, 54 Golf, has been awarded the best school in America multiple times. They've coached players to well over 100 tour victories, LPGA, PGA, European, ladies, European, you name it. Coached 10 different major winners and four number one ranked players in the world. You might know someone like Annika Stormstam. Yeah, I heard of her. Best ever. They coached her. I think you guys are going to absolutely be obsessed with this episode because Pia and Lynn talk about things on the human side. Right. We are humans playing golf. And they say technical skills times human skills is how well you play. So we got into a lot. We covered a lot of ground yeah. in this episode. I think you guys are gonna get a ton out of it. What were your big takeaways, sir?
2: Yeah, really, really good. Absolute game changers and not just you know golf instruction, but then the mental game. But I love the accountability part we got into have these two, they make their players. Do the things to put them in position to play good golf, and that's hard, right? That can be so many. There's things you have to do in your pre-shot routine and your post-shot routine after the rounds. How to practice? We talk a lot about being on the course instead of the range. Mm-hmm. Talk about you know not investing so much into warm up. So uh, it was great. I love the their idea about getting into the right state. Yeah, and how and how to do that. That's different for every player. Like you said, we cover a ton of ground. And then anytime you get to talk about Annika, I mean, growing up watching Annika. She was tiger. She was the tiger right. of, you know, that era. And we, we get into her about shooting 59 because their whole thing guys is to shoot 54. It is possible to make 18 birdies. Yep. And Annika shot 59 and she made eight birdies. I don't know if it was eight in a row or eight out of the first nine holes. So she kind of, and she talks about her experience there. She was getting into that territory into the fifties. So absolutely right. incredible. Like you said, I've, we're going to have them back to maybe get more specific on some topics Cause this one we covered a lot, but they were so much fun and Hey, yeah. we might be going to Arizona get yeah. you out there with them.
1: You yeah. Know? And I got, I got pretty vulnerable in this one because, you yeah, know, that was great. And I think, I think the important takeaway for me was it's really easy for something to work and to move on to the next thing. Cause we're always like searching to get better. My big takeaway from this is the best players find what works and they keep doing it. And they don't change a lot of things. Whereas I think the amateur golfer, we're changing things mid-round, multiple times around. I've done it literally after a round where I found stuff that worked and I got back to a great process. I got technical again. And so I think
2: constantly in search mode.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really great reminder for people is that's the work is you could have, you could step up to a shot where you've historically quote blown up. The emotions are going to be there. The perceived pressure will be there, but the work to commit to the thing that, you know, helps put you in your best state and to trust it. And then afterwards get curious. If did you do it, get accountable with your actions. Consistent actions are more important than consistent outcomes because they said golf is not a consistent game. It's a game of variables.
2: It's a game of inconsistency, right?
1: Yeah. So consistency is a myth. If you've struggled recently, this episode, I think, is going to be really comforting. It was comforting for me.
2: Yeah. And it's going to motivate you to to do the work.
1: Yeah. So it, it might seem mundane. It might seem hard. But if it was easy, everybody would be good at golf. So take that and take it on as a challenge and really see what happens. If you try and stick to your thing all round, every shot, and that's all you have to do, create a game within a game. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So thank you guys, as always, for hopping aboard the train. If this helps, give us a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love that. And uh, give us a review. Send us a message on Instagram, at The Partrain, Train, Twitter, TikTok. We're throwing new stuff up there every single day to help you enjoy the ride. So no matter how technical... I mean, how many times you try and change your swing mid-round, no matter how many times you try and take wrist angles to the course, which I would highly recommend against. Don't ever do that. Don't do that. What do they got to do, sir?
2: Just enjoy the ride.
1: (laughs) See you guys. Take care.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: We've got the Vision 54 co-founders, legendary coaches, I should say. Pia Nilsson and Lynn Marriott, welcome aboard the par train. We're happy to have you.
3: (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having us.
1: Now, I should ask, before we dive in here, Vision 54 is about riding the birdie train. So how do you guys feel about being on the par train? It's a good
3: question. Actually, I thought about that. I went, par train? We're on the birdie train. (laughs) Uh, but you know obviously we we do believe uh a player is going to shoot 54 or lower someday we don't know when it's going to happen and it doesn't matter we just think it's humanly possible
0: but the most important meaning of it is for any golfer to look at their possibilities so their 54 could actually be the par (laughs) right (laughs)
1: yeah right so we're thinking about (laughs) a lot of different ways to start today and we couldn't help but realized that yesterday was International Women's Day. And I was thinking about playing golf with my wife. We're going to start here. My wife was a varsity captain of her high school team. And she hates when I tell people that because of the expectations that brings. But I find it funny. We posted about this yesterday, about how every time she gets on the first tee and she smashes a drive with this beautiful draw 260 out there, the men in our group are shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to start by asking why is it that guys are still so shocked to see a woman hit a great golf shot?
3: <laughs> oh annoying. that's a sociological <laughs> <laughs> a deep dive. No. I think <laughs> you know it
0: but it just yeah. makes me think about it. One of the times I got the most annoyed was one of the times I played the old course at St. Andrews, and we were actually playing. Yeah. And the starter would not let us play from the men's tea.
1: Mm.
0: And we said, you know, and, we try to explain. Uh, we're, you know, we're professionals. Uh, no, ladies up there.
3: <laughs> so, wow no so we we went up there and, <laughs> and we teed off and then the second we hole we played, went back we there. played <laughs> the
0: things we wanted so i don't know it's just ingrained somehow and i think yeah. it's
3: much in the golf culture <laughs> yeah but well, i'll tell one other funny story <laughs>. well it was fun for us is we played Bally Bunyan, and yeah when they came out it was we were with a couple of friends who are good amateur golfers good players and um the caddy came out and went, oh four women and you know and then like we get Get going, and we're like on the second hole. One of our our friends hit a really good shot, and he goes, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen a woman hit it like that." He <laughs> goes, "You are freaks of
2: nature." <laughs> never, you never know the reaction, right? I know. I'm but surprised that it. you
1: guys got that comment about the tees at a place like St Andrews. That's really surprising to me. Yeah. Oh. So
0: yeah. I I think we got. The- thick skin being in this business a long time. <laughs> sure,
1: totally. Well, hmm. it's funny. I read a quote this morning, literally this morning, I woke up and I saw this quote and I had to start today with it as well. Cause I think it's actually quite relevant. It's from one of my favorite authors, Joseph, when we've had him on the show, he doesn't write specifically about golf, but it's more about managing your mind. And his book's called don't believe everything you think. And he said, suffering comes from a judgmental conclusion. Peace comes from an impersonal observation. Wow, that's good. That's- and so if a judgmental conclusion is I suck after a poor shot, what would you say an impersonal observation could be?
0: Well, it could be I wanted to swing it 75%
3: and I think that was 110%. Mm. or. Even we were talking with some guys the other day and just to have a state of wonder, but then to actually say, oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. But I mean, but to genuinely like be interested in it. Yeah.
1: I love that.
0: Or it could be the ball is off the property to the left and my grip pressure got tight. Yes.
1: (laughs) Mm. Yes. You're getting, you're getting curious. Yeah. Instead and of uh, judgment. More,
0: fa- more factual about what actually happened instead
3: of the judgment. Yeah. yeah. That's great. But it requires that you actually do that impersonal, meaning dissociated observation. Many don't realize that dissociating is a skill. And so, you know, having. You know, a perspective of yourself or third person or third person. We
0: do a lot of this in our coach training because we think it's us as coaches, teachers, it's very, very important. We know the difference between judging and actually observing Mm. what what happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, it it leads into my next question, which is a little personal, but again, welcome to the show. I've been thinking about Vision 54 and listened to the both of you speak on it. And it's about potential, it's about possibilities. And as somebody who grew up playing, I played college golf division one, 18 birdies is a lot to think about, right? Like, could you make 18 birdies? And you can, it just hasn't been done. So when I thought about being at a high level in college golf and then watching guys go play professionally and really exceed, a lot of that had to do with, and you could shoot 68 or 69, but can you shoot 64 or 63? And to me, that had involved putting oftentimes is being able to make birdies in a row. Mm. So how do you work with your players, some of your elite players? Because oftentimes I'd make two or three in a row, That I would observe, whoa, you've made two or three in a row. Par is just fine here, right? It's comfortable to back off. Well, right. You know, yeah. I'm curious to what your work's like with those, well, we know. The,
0: the one, one one of the important thing is obviously we talk about that in a lot in today's world is to learn to be more in charge of your attention because obviously what happened with players there they go to the future <laughs> you know right. this is to this. exactly you have a shelf is low so it's understanding or have a mind that can go to the future the past or the present so it's it's having this ability to have applicable tools to come back to the present and also have a game within the game that isn't a scoring game, but the game within the game that is something that's more under my control that I'm going to stay with no matter what, that doesn't have anything to do with the score. So there are absolutely uh, skills to learn to just stay doing it. You know, Annika was a perfect example when she shot 59 here at Moon Valley, and she started with eight birdies. and. <laughs> I mean, she had a makeable putt for 58, but the first thing she told me walking off the green was, P I I know it's even more possible now, because I know I got in my own way, it was too good to be true. And she started thinking before she caught herself and got back to it.
3: So it's, I mean. And, yeah. and she even said on nine, I was just, yeah. it was felt more comfortable just to make a part. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's it's just you know that's what we say we have so much untapped capacities as golfers you know we need can be physically trained technically trained but the mental emotional and other skills there's you know we have lots we could do in the future without. So yeah. what's
2: an example of a game within the game or? What okay, so else?
0: I mean I'll just give you yeah. Annika. as an yeah. example.
2: Yeah, that's what I was curious. You know, yeah.
0: What she used <laughs> what she used a lot was. How well she committed to shots and committed to shots was like to stay with whatever club and target decision, and often she had a tempo sensation. So she just wanted to f- feel that she's 100% committed to that. And that was more important than where the ball ended up. Hmm. So even if I made under after eight holes, it doesn't matter because my game is to see if I can nail it 100% commitments during one round in my life here.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and so that would be one example. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And we don't coach Max Homa, but I've been curious because he's alluded to a little bit of this in some interviews. You know, he's working with Julie Ellen, But anyway, just that he has things he has to stay accountable to in his process. Mm -hmm. But some can have that like in their pre-shot routine, some in their post-shot routine, some between shots.
0: So, you know, so we've actually made up scorecards that was, we call the playing focus, but make it serious for the player that this scorecard is actually more important than the one you turn
2: in. Right. (laughs) Keeping track as you go. Because we've talked a lot about You have to reflect on your rounds to think about all the committed moments and all the not committed moments. But I think what I'm gathering from you is being aware of that throughout the round to be in tune with your process and the commitments, right? And racking up those commitments.
3: Yeah. 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 And staying accountable to your process. It's one Mm -hmm. thing to say, oh, I'm going to stay in the process, but then not really know specifically what it is you want to stay committed to or accountable to. But I wanted to say one more thing. I think- that's out there that it's about permission. I think many people mm. don't have permission to go low. You know, totally. they, they have a threshold. Like mm. I, I'm comfortable with four under, that's it. <laughs> Allow yourself to be phenomenal, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. And, <laughs> I mean- and actually, actually have gone there and seen that. So it's at least possible, but most mm. people haven't done that.
1: You know what's interesting about that is I feel like the scenario that most people can relate to, regardless if you're a 25 handicap or a high level player to a pro, is scrambles. I found that when I play in in four person scrambles and we get around the green, we know there's three others. And so a lot of times what we do is we try and make our pick shots or our chips. I always laugh at this because we get really close. I know. And a lot of times we get upset at putting it two feet because we didn't make it. But if we were on our own, we would be thrilled with two feet. So yeah. that kind of goes, that's almost yeah. proof and validates that we don't try and make it enough. Now, obviously with course management and approach shots, there's a different you know type of practice and commitment that goes to not firing at flags. And obviously amateurs do that, pros really don't. So that's a different type of thing. but. I find that that's interesting. It kind of validates that if we actually gave ourselves permission to try and make it, we will probably get closer than if not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's it absolutely. Needs, you know it needs to be a very good balance here with what is smart to do for course management, but also free us free up. And the yeah. way you offers that are free enough. And the, I mean, that's how yeah, the sure. 54 originally started, because it was my other lifetime when I was Swedish head coach. And I'd been Americanized, so, and then I realized how limiting there's you know, they're in luck. You know, we can't be as good as the southern European countries because our greens are not good enough, and the Americans are so far ahead. All these excuses, like, absolutely no permission to be great. So that's yeah. why we just made it up because most of them, when we asked them, had made birdies at the home course at each one of the holes one time or another. So that's where it started, but it started with. We need to first have permission to be better than we are today right and, and it was one of a small, yeah one of the, one of yeah. the things we've done so it, it isn't you know, really about if we shoot 54 even though we do think it's possible
3: it's about allowing and go for the possibilities yeah I mean we we often say it's a number but it's also yeah. it's obviously a process and we talk a lot about that in our books mm-hmm. but it's also a mindset yeah. and it's you know this mindset of possibilities as much as it is a number. I
1: would love to unpack commitment a bit more because this is something that I used to be really embarrassed about this, but I'm going to share it because I know a lot of our listeners have experienced this too, where, you know, through the popularity of our podcast, I've coached golfers mentally now as well. And I've got a ton of, you know, I learned about mindfulness when I was 16. So this has been a huge passion of mine and something that I've been studying and I've had my own coach for years. Right. And so I realized that you talked about in, in many interviews, the power of, and I'll get to commitment in a second, the power of spirit and understanding why you play. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized my why is not only a mental practice. Like I love turning my rounds around. I love feeling pressure and hitting a great shot. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I love managing my state because it goes throughout my whole life. And it feels going through that pressure moment positively on the other side, or even negatively, but then taking it as a learning through curiosity and bouncing back to me, there's nothing more gratifying than that. And you take that a step further. We've helped a lot of people through our show. And so I want to get better so that I can share those learnings for others. Right? So that's my why. Now, when you root that and how much I love it and how my identity is wrapped around that, when I feel like I can't manage my state or people are watching me because we're all about enjoying the ride and I can't get frustrated, I realized this past year I've gotten in my own way a lot. And what I've experienced is I can't really even articulate why I can't commit. I have seen such crazy misses in such opposite sides of the course that my body will stop. I'll hit a huge block fade, and then my body will stop. I'll hit a huge snap hook, and suddenly I know what's going on. I know that I need to lean into an athletic move and be committed but I can spiral out of control the entire round of my nervous system just on full drive, right? And I know you've said we can't achieve things our nervous systems aren't prepared for. So help us unpack commitment for the golfer that's trying to commit the whole round and their body seems to be taking over their ability to do that. Wow. (laughs) That was a long question, but
3: but I, I want, actually, I, well, I want you to talk about, we played golf last weekend and we don't, we, well, you know, because we run a business and we do what we do. We haven't played a lot of golf, you know, in past years, but now we're starting to play a little bit more. And you did a little exercise to be more present with yourself last weekend. Yeah. It was excellent. I know, I'll do that, but yeah. then I have the
0: other things I wanted to say. But, <laughs> but well, I mean, first of all, like always, have to define commitment first. So we, just at Vision Fifty Four, we we define commitment when I stay with my shot decision and what we call play box focus, like what I want to be aware of during the swing. When I stay with those two till the end of the swing, it's it's a committed shot. So that is important. But so I decided. I didn't want to warm up because sometimes when I hit balls, I just start having expectations. <laughs> okay. but, but instead of making practice swings, I said, I'm just going to see if I can commit to my full process. So I, I, hit, I just made like eight swings with a couple of different clubs, but I did my whole, you know, think box like looking at the shot and having the right club and being clear and a good go-to feeling before the shot. And I made the swings with the tempo feeling I wanted. And then I held my finish. So I did the full process like eight to 10 times.
3: With but no I, ball. No,
0: but I, I, and asked Mathilde, was that a good shot? And I said, yeah, because I did exactly. So I just had a self-talk and then I've never gone out to play with only doing that, but it was like an awesome experience. <laughs> I mean, awesome because I realized I stayed with the process <laughs> so much better to the finish. And I just realized I need to do this a lot more. And I think many of our, our golfers coming to us can have a lot of help with that. So I think what Lynn was alluding to, we think we practice not enough the the process of playing the game that isn't about the outcome. and, or and ball, and, yeah.
3: Well, and as you were talking, I, I just thought to myself, of course, like we've experienced it too, like, oh my God, look at, they're watching us now, are they going to do their 54 thing, <laughs> whatever, you know, when you get caught up in that, so you're, now I'll just speak for myself, like then my attention is outward, it's outside of me and like, okay, and then I come back and try to commit to the shot and I can't quite get embodied yet or again in my process. And what I saw Pia do last weekend was just so cool because she totally embodied the process, the decision, the state over the ball, during how the she wanted during the swing, and then what how she wanted to react, even though there wasn't any golf ball. <laughs> you know, right. so that's a deep embodiment <laughs> of the process. And so that I think. More golf. So we were laughing. We go, how how many holes could you actually go out on the golf course and do this with? Again, no golf ball. But you know, you do it and then you go out to where you think your ball might be and then do it again. (laughs) I know it sounds a little kooky, but we said maybe we could get people to do that for three holes at least. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's an inner experience that needs discipline. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does.
1: All right, guys, stay seated. Train's gonna make a quick stop and then we'll get the train right back on track. You thought last week was exciting news from TaylorMade? I got even bigger news for you this week, okay? I've talked about last week about how great the app is to get basically free coaching for two months using our code TRAIN, which is unheard of. Two months of free coaching is, could be thousands of dollars for you for free. But this week, I know you guys like new equipment. Who doesn't love a new driver? I got something for you that you're gonna freak out about because I'm freaking out about it and I can't even win it. So here's the deal. The My TaylorMade Plus app is so cool. I love that TaylorMade did this. No other manufacturer is doing this. It's called Try Then Buy. Okay? So you go to the My TaylorMade Plus app, you enter the code TRAIN, you go to the shop section, then Try Then Buy. You can customize a brand new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus driver. You only keep it if you crush it. Okay? They give you two weeks. Now, some stores like Roger Dunn in LA, they do this, but it's not custom. This is custom, so you can get a custom driver, and if you don't absolutely crush it on the course where it matters, then you can send it back free of charge. Now, that alone is awesome, but wait, there's more. This week that you're listening to the pod, this next week, we're doing a giveaway. For everyone that signs up on the My Plus app, downloads the app, and enters the code TRAIN, you will be entered. I will pick one lucky winner to get a brand new custom Stealth 2 driver. Yes, that's right. A brand new custom Stealth 2 driver. And guess what? For all of you that don't win, you can also design a Stealth 2 driver of your liking and only pay if you crush it and it beats your current gamer. Can't really beat that. Now, just to clarify, the try then buy feature of the app, anybody can use at any time. So if you don't win the giveaway, which is a free driver... Then you can go on Try Then Buy, design an entirely custom driver of your liking, and if you don't crush it, you send it back free of charge. So there's the giveaway part, free driver, the winner gets to keep, or if you don't win the giveaway, Try Then Buy, get a, a brand new driver, custom driver, and if you don't love it, you send it back. So tap the link in our show notes, that'll take you right to the app, download the app, enter the code TRAIN. And you'll get free coaching. You'll get access to the giveaway for a brand new custom driver and all the other stuff we're going to talk about in the next few weeks that this app does. It's a powerhouse. So go to those show notes, download the app, enter the code train, or just go to our Instagram page, tap the link in the bio and you'll see the top link is also the link to download the app to make it easy on you. All right, guys, best of luck and let's get back on track.
2: Yeah, you mentioned a little bit about and not wanting to hit so many balls before you warm up so often we get confused with what it means to warm up versus make swings think play and oftentimes and stretch getting loose maybe if we spend more time stretching and actually physically getting loose as opposed to trying to hit golf shots working on our swing before the range because we think we're getting loose might do a better job, right? What do you think?
0: Well you know, we it's a big topic uh, yeah. and obviously at our golf schools it comes up and we just made it really, really clear to them that how you hit it in warm-up is no indication of what's gonna happen on the course. I mean we None. we have yeah, seen we, so many no including best tour players there is, they're striping it and then it's like gone. Or you know the opposite, you don't hit a good and suddenly it comes together. So it's realizing it's about warming up and creating confidence. So for me personally, hitting balls is not that important. It's about stretching, creating the state I want. And now, like I did the other day, I just practice the process. Or you know, often I'll just make swings my feet together, a couple of different tempos just to get the feeling. So so we we want every golfer to create their own warm-up. Mm. And understanding that it's not a practice technique session. It's not about seeing what's going to happen today. (laughs) (laughs) It's about calibrating yourself, your body, your mind, and, you know, be warmed up and then decide what you're going to commit to.
2: Yeah.
1: It kind of reminds me of this line in your book from Amy Cuddy of Harvard did a study about body language. And it says, Uh, I think it said your body shapes who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so funny because some people might listen to this show and they're like, how is holding my shoulders back going to help me not hit my push slice and my snap hook that I've been playing with, right? They feel like two separate things. But what I've learned is so many of things are actually counterintuitive. Like you actually have to believe or carry yourself as if act as if to help give yourself the chance to perform. So talk about the importance of embodiment and, and your body because people think we're a mental game show, but as you guys know, it's, it goes back and forth, right? It's all one thing. So talk about the power of the body of how you can use that to maybe managing your state. Cause I know I want to get into managing state too.
0: Well, you know, yeah. I was thinking that because we didn't quite finish the, the challenge you brought up there. Yeah. You know, there there are many, many things, but uh, it looks more to be something happening in your body and more emotional management (laughs) Right, is different for us than mental management. If you know that your body is getting tight and stuck or whatever, then of course, between shots or before your routine, you need to do more to jog a little bit or jumping jacks or do some progressive, you know.
3: Relaxation, Relaxation.
0: Sure. You, need, you need to learn things and make sure you're breathing so you have oxygen yeah. in the system. So if we see a player under pressure, like suddenly the swing goes off because the body's not even moving, we just know that, okay, under pressure, these things happen to these players. So how can we help him or her manage that? And the more they're thinking, the less feeling they're going to have of what the body is doing. So it's of course learning how to, you know, manage the quiet the mind, but also doing more like tightening, relaxing, you know, jumping jacks, getting a more of a body feel. And we alluded to that earlier because when we play golf, we are a human being who plays this game of golf. <laughs> and as a human, we have the body, the mind, and the emotion. And we have a state of mind, and body, and emotion every day, always but this state we have is going to affect our ability to make a technical swing. So, you know, what you talked about there is just figuring out what is it is is more mental state management emotional state or more body state management. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to access this, the swing. I know how to make.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. for me, the interesting thing is I've found that my best golf has come when I feel a really lightness yeah. in my transition. Right. I was
3: just. Well, yeah. I was just going to so, bring that yeah. up. That that's often where people feel like they're not in their body. Yeah. It's in transition.
0: And if you right. just yeah. fight it by mental, I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit mentally. It's not going to help you no. because
2: <laughs> a lot of pressure on yourself. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and you're actually just
3: you're not there. No.
2: You're actually but,
3: not in your body right there. Something, yeah. something happened. You lost awareness of your body in the club and space.
1: And you know what's interesting. Is I've I've realized recently that my biggest challenge is I know that I roll the club open and the club's open at the top, and I come a little in over the top, just like most amateurs, right? Played baseball, but it you doesn't matter. Pros, most, I most people do <laughs> I that. <was>
2: say. <laughs> it's, it's pros do it too. Pros do it too, right? Absolutely.
1: So for me, it's so funny. I know I need to have that lightness and transition, but I've experienced on the course in pressure moments, that's letting go, which to me is opening the face, right? It's not closing the face. And so in those pressure moments, I lose that lightness in the transition, which is ironically the one thing I need to hit a better shot. And so that's been a challenge to, I know I need to do it, right? But the emotional state, because I think emotions make memories stick, right? So I've had these moments where I go to these events and I feel like, I don't know, I can't hit any shot. And I think that's always been my biggest fear is I experienced it for a few holes with Matt in Florida when we were down there for the PGA show. First few holes, getting technical. We're talking about takeaway the whole week and I let go of all that. And then I started to play golf. But it's interesting how those past memories of being in these moments that you want to play your best. And I feel like I'm a sliver of myself. I literally, I would be happy getting a bogey, right? Like just all over the place, off the tee, always behind the eight ball. Those really were painful. And I think that's what people don't give themselves enough credit for is like, it sounds dramatic, but that's trauma. Like (laughs) you're in front of people. You put a lot of time and effort into this game. You care a lot about it. I talked about what I identify with. So managing that is really important to me. So when I feel like I can't help myself and I'm trying to help others, it feels like you're a hypocrite. You know, it feels really painful. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that is these traumas of these memories of the past carrying into the present. And that impacts your ability to manage your state and, and lean into the sensory state that helps you hit great shots. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it just well
0: it just speaks to like in our opinion, every golfer ever starts the game should learn what we call the memory box, how you react after a shot. You know, if we can get that to be as important as how you hold the golf club,
3: mm-hmm. we can
0: really help golfers in the future because mm-hmm. yeah. they, they learn from the, the start of the game. When you do anything great, good, good enough to be some degree of pleased with it. And then when it's not good, just, you know, not deny it, but be more objective. You know what? I forgot to hold my finish. Or you know what? I swung too fast. But they they learn that from the beginning. So what your experiences that you have, we have, doesn't have to impact us as much. And right. if you haven't learned it right from you started, then as soon as you do learn it, even if you play for 40 years, it's going to help a lot.
3: Yeah. And Evan, (laughs) I was thinking that right there is like a perfect game within the game. You can play the next time. It's like how light and like you actually could close your eyes and you can feel how this lightness is going to be. And, you know, so you have a body sensation with it. And then how many shots did you actually feel light? Mm. That's your game within the game. That's that's your process for the next time you go out and play. Yeah.
2: So, I like that. It's good. I wanted to get into maybe how do we strive to be present out there? <laughs> I think the greatest challenge, well, that's a bold thing to say, but one of the great challenges is to be present all the time when you have an intentional, correct plan and doing that. And it helps when you have a caddy, right? Even the tour players, it, it doesn't always work, but they've got somebody who's in their ear to get them where they need to be. Most coffers don't have that. So it gets into our routines it's just challenging to repeat the great intentional routine every time ultimately to hit a shot. And a lot of the time it's, it's awareness always. What's the wind doing? Where do I need to miss it? The whole deal. And it's like, why did I just do it so good the last hole, but I didn't do it so good this hole.
0: Well, you know, first of all, I think yep. we think why this is happening, because we're just lacking in our industry enough golfers. to actually get coaching on
2: the golf course. And, mm-hmm. and and training to yeah. be present,
0: yeah. Because yeah. uh, too much,
2: too much on the range.
0: Yeah, I mean oh, the game yeah. is played on the course, and and that's where you need to have you know assignments and exercises to do to be good at this, or also some coaching to learn to do it well. Because we can't just like keep hitting balls on the range and then tell people you know go out and trust it now and figure <laughs> <bring> it <laughs> out. Because so that is like the main really main main thing why this is an issue.
3: Well, that and just the times we live in, you know, the the studies say that we, you know, our attention span has been cut in half, you know, and, Mm. you know, there's so many studies with all that that are so interesting now that are coming out. I mean, we are, you know, we're all attention deficit. (laughs) So, you know, what Pia just said is so important because what happens is people hit ball after ball after ball on the range, you know, that scrape and hit routine. Sure. And it's not doesn't have context, it doesn't have space, it doesn't have time that, you know, simulates what's really going to be on the golf course. And so you're actually I said this, I've said this recently, you're training yourself to be even more attention deficit by hitting those many balls that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or you're training an attention that doesn't have context of what you're about to go do. Yeah. So we tell people, you know, we can't be
0: present the whole time. Even Dalai Lama is not present the whole time. (laughs) When you want to, you know exactly how to do it. So so we we keep, since we do a lot of on-course training and coaching with all our golfers, so we, we help them because everybody realized before a golf shot is a really good idea to get present. I might have been talking about, you know, business or news or movies, whatever, but it's to get back. And we help them with different options. So some realize, look, like, you know what? If When I stand behind the ball and I just feel my feet, it's perfect because I feel my feet, and I'm present. You know, or some like just a tactile feel, hmm. hands on the club, and they get present that way. Or some just take a moment and just listen to wind or bird or whatever, so hmm. they know, wow.
2: It's almost like there has to be a, a trigger, right? Yeah. Yeah, to, right. To, to, to get started when, when yes. you're over the ball. I mean, go, so go it's ahead. just and like,
0: it, yeah, so it's just I like, see. you know, and if you meditate, you have a mantra that helps you here. Here we have, you know, you need to have something like I'm going to look at the tree or I'm going to feel my fingers or feet or feel the breath or something that, you know, when I do that, it gets me back to being present. And I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Do too. You know, I have to pick my club, I know where I'm going to aim. I'm just going to have a second or two when I get present or so. That's what we found. The only thing that works is we help them with something they take action on that brings them back to
2: right here. So much of it is taking action. So much of it is doing actual things, right? (laughs) Emotions, right? And and, and and just reminding yourself of that and doing it. And if you don't, you're just... I I, I think, you know, it's it's our, our, our
0: big learning after doing this for quite a few decades now from having general ideas and thoughts and concepts was taken the longest is to make it applicable, doable, scalable, trainable. trainable. Mm-hmm. Just like when I work on my technique, I get drills to do or whatever. If I go to the gym, I get drills. But here with these skills, that they don't become just concepts that we talk about,
3: or they don't stay just abstract, like yeah. be present or trust. Like, right. I mean, that's an awesome thing to say, but it's another thing to actually. Well, yeah. how do I do that? You know, and how right. do I how do I experience that, and yeah. then train it, and then, then again stay accountable to it? Yeah, and I can build it into my game plan on the course. Yeah, I think
0: it's, accountability
2: have it is yeah. just, so key too. But understanding yes, what that actually is, and you're going to sound so it.
1: meta. It's going to sound <laughs> so meta. So forgive me, but my wife and I meditate together every morning. Okay, mm-hmm. she's doing like a thirty day challenge and and all these things, and it's on the Calm app, I think, and it's so funny. We're going through this meditation, right? And one day it's about, it's very specific triggers and things. Let's focus on this. Imagine you're here. And I was in my golf swing, the whole meditation. I was thinking about takeaway. I was thinking about my last range session. Tara's like, how was it for you? I was like, I literally was thinking about my golf swing the entire time, which shows how much it's been weighing on me, right? It reveals yeah. a lot. Yeah. But then here's the That's funny normal thing. Too. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. The next morning, a couple of days ago, the guy who was leading it said, here's permission to do nothing. Whatever thoughts come up, think them.
3: Mm-hmm. Thinking
1: about your to-do list, think them. And you know, what's so funny that meditation, I was the most present. <laughs> and I think it's so it's funny. You know, you guys were talking about, you got to do something, but sometimes I wonder for golfers that get really caught up In a lot of information, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of technique, permission to do nothing could be something because you're almost giving yourself permission to take whatever comes up in, which is a big part of being present and allowing that stuff to happen versus combating and avoiding that stuff that comes in.
3: You can't can't suppress
1: the thoughts, right? Right.
3: Oh, no, no. They're just they're going to keep coming and coming and, you know. Yeah, yeah maybe talk
1: about that of how giving yourself permission to allow whatever to come in could be really powerful for someone oh, that's struggling with that.
3: Oh, very, very much. Yeah, very. I much. mean, especially between shots. Very, very much. Yeah, you know, that that those things are, you know. But I would say that the research says, and this is this is Dr. Debbie Cruz's research, and she's done this with her OptiTrain app and looking at brainwaves. Where we most need to be present is the two seconds before takeaway. Mm. Mm. That that we can't be like, oh hey, yeah, I'm gonna have chicken noodle soup for dinner. You know, like, like totally. you know, no, I mean you actually have to be there those couple of seconds.
2: Maybe I'm pressing to say that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you, you, we love your box concepts and theories, and I really was gravitating towards think box versus play box. Uh-huh. That you have maybe you could maybe talk about what that really means and the do's and don'ts of both of them because I thought you've done some great videos there. And for our listeners, I think there's probably some misconceptions. Yeah.
0: No, but you I mean first of all, the if you do think box, play box, and then memory box is your pull shot reaction. I mean, it is to realize that every shot has a future, present, and a past. And it's pretty cool how our game is set up that way. The core of the think box is to get a Clarity about the decision and get an internal go signal. Yeah. So if you do cartwheels, we don't care. It's about you know clarity about where you're going in club and internal go signal. And we just found many have skipped that second part.
3: They they, <laughs> they spent most of their time trying to make yeah. the right club choice yeah. or shot choice, but
0: never check in on if they actually trust that decision. Yeah.
3: Or- mm. And And already getting into state.
0: So we like the Mm. players to because there aren't any set formulas, but we have exercise explorations that they get to do. So they figure out, oh, it's much better for me to take a breath because I relax. Or no, it's much better for me to feel my adrenaline or whatever. I mean, we. So it's all about being decisive and internal go signal.
3: And you know, for some, back to like the Amy Cuddy thing that they just change their body language. And yeah. the think box, yeah. now they're in a different state. Yeah. And some, they feel like, oh wow, yeah, I got this. And for some, it yeah. doesn't make a difference at all. And then some like to say the decision out loud, you know, jabber jabber jabber. I mean, you see that with speech. Um, And then some, <laughs> you know, need to be very internal and not be talking at all. Yeah. You know, Annika sure. would often say to her caddy, "Thank you," which meant he needs to walk away now, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so he could get into yeah. her space.
0: To, that was you
2: know, her trigger. I'm I'm ready to go.
3: Yeah.
0: In the think box. Yeah. And then, you know, the think box in general, we just found we want to help them make it as simple as possible because in today's game, there are just so many totally overdoing it. So it's not only bad for pace of play, but it makes it hard for them to stay with the fate in hole. So we, we spend a lot of time figuring out, you know, if they really know they need to make a practice swing, but they have a tendency to make four of them, we really help them to get what they need out of it in one try. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, <laughs> These are things that only happens on the golf course, not on the range.
3: So yeah. so
0: would that be a good summary, I think, Pops? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 But it's making a decision. Yeah. yeah. And and, and yeah. then having that go signal and state that gets you into that go. Signal. Yeah. And you like look forward to hitting it. Yeah, right? you feel on the
1: offense. Yeah. All right. The train's gonna make a quick stop, then we get you right back to the show. Guys, I got the masters on my mind. It's coming up. I can't help but think about it. And I think Olakai Golf has masters on their mind too. The new Azalea Floral Collection from Olakai Golf has me swooning, okay? I just played nine holes in my new shoes and I came back in and no joke, I literally went to my my parents-in-law's guest room, washed them immediately because I didn't want one ounce of dirt on these beauties, okay? I got a hot take for you. I don't think wearing green around the Masters is enough. I think you need an Azalea Floral Print to really show people that you like the Masters and that you're a true golfer, really. So tap that link in our show notes or go to our bio on Instagram at The Par There will always be an Olakai link in there. You tap that link, you'll get free shipping. But guys, check these new shoes out. I'm telling you, they're the coolest golf shoes I've ever worn. No joke. I'm not making that up. It's subtle. It's not crazy, but they do have a crazy option if you want it. And they even have golf sandals. You heard me say that. They have golf flip-flops. So if you want them just for playing around, going to the beach, whatever, going on vacation, they work for that. If you want to take them out to the course, they work for that too. Olakai has outdone themselves. It's the coolest collection I've maybe ever seen from a golf shoe standpoint. So tap the link in our bio at the par train and you'll get free shipping or go to the show notes and you'll get free shipping as well. All right, thanks guys. Let's get back to the show.
2: Play box. You talk about, you know, you do that. You did a great video of you see people setting up and shoulders are going this way, heads here, because you see people thinking through their mechanics over the ball. No good. But what about a rehearsal waggle? Would oh, that be breaking well, that, the that... rules too? Or because... Oh, okay. So, okay. okay. Here's
3: a yeah. up version of the playbook.
2: Because so. it's a takeaway yeah. feel for no, me. You know,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's an analog, probably something analog you need. Yeah. So playbooks, first of all, is... Just what naturally occurs
0: in everything. If anyone plays basketball or football or any other sport and we're more reactionary, they are more seeing, feeling into the shot and target, and they're not working on pieces of the motion. Or, you know, if we talk to world class surgeons or musicians, you know, when you perform, you're just you're in it. You're not preparing anymore. You're not right. fixing anything. You're you're there feeling. Just and to, you your body yeah. yeah. and in many games or performances, it makes you step into just being more sensory into what you're doing. Like Yo Yo Ma says, he, he's emotionally just engaged in his music. But like, because of golf, the ball is sitting still, <laughs> and it's not reactionary. It's tough. And yeah. our our profession, we're polluted with thinking and pieces <laughs> of the swing.
2: Most I love yeah, go most
0: golfers yeah, has never learned to. Okay, I can work in my technique and swing and practice sessions at home and all of that. But when I go out to be a performer in the golf course, I need to play with the technique I got. So the play box is all about learning. I made a decision. I'm going to step into being an athlete, seeing, feeling, sensing whatever works for me to the finish of my swing that helps my technical motion. And most people need to do a waggle and stay emotional. Yeah. We love all that. So I we, mean, an, an analog
3: state is actually yeah. preferable. I mean, it's yeah. it's part of a so, good performance. Some keep state.
0: more a technical field. They maybe feel their shoulders are rotating, but they're not thinking about it anymore. So the main thing That's is it. learning. learning. Yeah, it's exactly not cognitive that. thinking. It's stepping into something sensory to the finish that
2: helps your emotional stroke john Rom's feet i think are a great example it's like he's just doing this little dance right he's just feeling but it's he's not thinking about it yeah. it's nope. just is that i think that's what you're getting to a little yeah. bit too.
3: yeah, yeah. And, and again like some people will say oh are you are supposed to be visual are you supposed to visualize the target and how many times have, has tiger said no i actually don't visualize i i feel the target in my hands mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can have this feel with my body of what I'm going to do. I'm not visualizing. So everybody's play box is really different. So that's once yeah, again, really we g-
0: we give them a big
3: Swedish smergus board
0: with many <laughs> options. So they, because they're never tested different things. So we, ne- we need to help them figure out what works and why we put the time limit on it. Because when we see people stay too long over the ball, it might work on the range, but under perceived pressure we, we get distracted. Yeah. We want to help them to be able to play on the golf course and the short amount of time needed, it's easier to, to pull it off under perceived pressure. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I think the range we've all had experiences where we know we get immediate validation that when I get my hand here, I get a better result. So that way I have to take that to the course because without that, I won't perform. So it's a lack of self-belief. But to your point, Pia, that's not the same as the shot under pressure over water. So you can't compare. I'm worried about
3: that player who goes, I, I've got to have this feel. Yeah, It's a one piece of the swing feel,
2: right? Yeah. Oh, it's because you're searching, right? Always searching for that. Person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: But
0: that's why when we take golfers as all level out on the golf course and do this, it comes alive because then they realize like, wow, you know, if I don't stay focused on my tempo out here, I'm not cooked. It doesn't matter where I worked on on the range. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: things just becomes more obvious that, of course, I can work on my technique and I want to improve my technique, but it doesn't, you don't move that technical practice with you being a performer.
1: Yeah. I liked what Neil from No Laying Up told you guys when you worked with him live on, the, on their show. I like that he said what helped him go from an eight to a two was literally the discipline to not have to swing out of his shoes with the driver. Like, mm-hmm. And he hits it a long way. So it's easy to get intoxicated over being 30 yards ahead of everyone in your group, but he eliminated the big miss, not from a technical thing simply just from the discipline of swinging lighter and getting something in play, yeah, which is, I guess, his game within to, a game
2: to think that way. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, we
0: just did a session with him again a couple of days ago. Oh, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: It seems
1: like to me, you guys keep me honest, but it seems like to me, the North star of all of this, of each box is to get to the state that you described Lynn, which is I got this. If you can get to a feeling, whether it's true or not, if you can get to a feeling of, I got this, I think that's the goal.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, partly. But the play box is not enough to say, I got it. I actually need to stay with it, whatever it is to the finish <laughs> to. And that's yeah. more than I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. True. Yeah.
2: But, and then it gets into the post-shot routine, right? Everything you're doing there or in between the shot, could yeah. be a recipe for what's going to happen next right? yeah. Whether yeah. Yeah. successful or not successful so yeah, what it,
1: what is a key for the memory box then because if someone sees the shot they hate the most that has all of that old emotion that's a practice to be able to let that go yeah because yeah. that's going to trigger a lot of stuff so help people unpack the memory box because you're right especially, i think the memory box the could be as important as any of them for a lot yeah. of people struggling with old big misses
3: yeah. I mean, the first thing is, is emotions are going to come up. And then it's whether then you keep feeding that emotion. But if you know, like if you've associated and been bad in your memory box before, those emotions are going to be non conscious they are going to come flying out. So then right. often we tell people you need to just give your, your brain a little space. This comes actually from the work from Daniel Goldman and in emotional intelligence, just like, Okay, I'm going to take one, 1000, two, 1000. I'm going to take a couple of breaths and then choose a reaction. Mm. You know, just a little gapping there. Many people need just a little gapping because the emotional reaction is so automatic. Yeah. Yeah. But were you talking about when I already have stored memories? Yeah. That yeah. Mean, yeah. So
0: we, you know, so That's the thing fine. is, is to, let's say if I have it with a, you know, a driver in a tight fairway, you know, it would be important to find somewhere where there's a tight fairway and hit more shots where you create new memories. Hmm. So, Or, you know, or you do it, you know, mentally, imagery, you see and feel yourself hitting those shots and hit them good enough and store them. Because, I mean, it's a library inside of you. So, and it's not going away, but you can create a new library. So you need to f- figure out ways of training that to have choices of memory inside of you. So, and, and also it is like, if I come up to a hole and this is the case, knowing like, oh, I can only see that hooking into the tree because I remember it. It's also being honest, like, okay, when that happens, my shoulders get tight. So I'm going to have like cooked spaghetti feeling in my oily shoulders here. Or I take another club or I hit another ball flight, but I do something different either in my, play box focused that offset my reaction to the past memories, or I choose a different club, different target, different ball flight. And I know this is something I need to work on to get, have options of other memories with this shot. So it's not a quick fix, but it's very, very doable.
3: And some actually with the memory box, because everybody's different, they actually need to authentically take in a good, good enough, great shot. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just amazing to me. Like, somebody will hit a good shot, and I'll go, did you like that? "Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, it's like three feet from the hole. (laughs) You know, I'm like, whoa, you're like, you know, to, like, celebrate it and make this a memory and embellish it. This is the memory you want and the emotions you want to feed.
2: that's, That's a great point, because all we do is draw on, even in the good rounds, what held us back. Yeah. And, and we don't celebrate yeah. the, the oh. great, so many great swings, moves, putts, chips.
0: So, so what <laughs> Linda said, or, men, or,
2: or overcoming yeah. moments. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: What Lynn said is so important because that's how you can come up to those tee shots or the shot over the water with another optional memory because you need to have actually
3: stored some of those before. Otherwise, it can't happen.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and just, then, you know, I mean,
3: this often happens a little bit with gender uh, being just. More women will say this than men. They'll go, oh, I don't want to brag. Oh, I don't want to you know, boast. I'm like, that has nothing to do with it. You want to actually store a memory that you can then yep. refer to later on. So you get this ghost signal, you know, for a future shot.
0: So it's learning to do it. If you're more comfortable internally, no one needs to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, something that we haven't talked about explicitly really ever, Matt, is how difficult it is to keep doing something that works. It's so counterintuitive, but after you, you play around, you play great. It's easy to then try and find something else to keep getting better versus doing the thing that got you there. I mean, like a perfect example is two weeks ago, I broke 80 for the first time in like a year. I used to do that regularly. And all I focused on was staying in my posture and like being athletic good weight shift, right? Nothing technical, just staying in my posture. And yeah, my misses were better. And it was a little bit easier of a course than what I played. But then the next round, someone told me about my wrist angles Mm. at the top. And you should never play golf with wrist angles. (laughs) And I shot, he needs some noise canceling headphones when he goes, and I shot a 91. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Because I'm always trying to get better. So that's the perfect example. Two weeks apart, I went from feeling like I had it figured out to I'm totally lost out there. And it's because I think our, our brains are wired to close loops and keep getting better and reduce the negative, but we don't focus enough on what's working.
0: Totally agree. So that's what we want. Everybody to have a note card, a notebook and, and, and have a list. We call it the my 54, but I, I keep writing down things I know I do and take action on when I play well, and that's the most important thing you could ever have. And you never let go of that. Even though you improve skills, you never let go of your fingerprint, your recipe of playing great golf.
1: Yeah.
0: And this happens, we see it all the time with examples you have, or even, you know, players who finally get their tour card and then they're going to, you know, they want to start changing everything to go to the
3: next level (laughs) and how often they get lost.
2: Yeah. Right. And I well, I,
3: you know, I think, Pia, this is where Anika was extraordinary, like maybe the the best in the game ever. When she found something that worked, she didn't change it. No. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, she mm-hmm. did what you're talking about. She, she just changed. This is my this is what I do. And I do this. And, <laughs>
2: you know, yeah, I mean, funny. how many, t- how many times I'm Anika here? Oh, growing up even when she was the best in the world. Well, she you now she releases that head really early, you know, and it's she that right? Oh, like, David Duval would have heard it too. And-, and it was really
0: good we didn't have social media that so. yeah. I Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, right. it's funny, Lynn, you brought up Annika. I wanted to end on Annika because I know we only have a few minutes left, but mm-hmm. I was curious, maybe you already said it, but what is something not everybody can relate to being the best, you know, in the world, but what is something that Annika did that every player should do that you thought she did extraordinary? You mentioned one thing. Anything else that comes to mind? Well,
0: you know, one thing, actually, we, we talked to her about it a few years ago because mm-hmm. we started out this this talk here about, you know, being able to observe and not judge. I mean, she was trained to getting only feedback that things that, that you actually observe. Like, you know, you stayed... 12 minutes over the shot, 12 12 (laughs) seconds. And normally you only are six when you play well. I mean, she wanted facts. If you didn't have facts. Mm -hmm. Versus
3: like you were slow out there. Yeah,
0: or you're like not confident. So she Mm. was so used to getting facts like that. But if you got facts and she understood even science or why it works for performance, she would just say, I got it. And then there would be no delay in doing it ever. She would be brutally honest if she just got honest and real feedback and then then no delay. And many other players say, Yeah, yeah, I know I need to simplify my routine, I know, but I'm trying. And they're like four months later, they're still trying. So she had no delay. If something like she realized this makes sense, help me. And when we told her, you're probably you're still the best player I've ever seen. Like when we talk about this and you agree with it, you understand that you just do it.
3: And her comment was just why wouldn't anyone do that? Yeah. I mean, it goes, it goes, Matt. It's what you said. <laughs> she took action. Yeah. It didn't just stay a good no, idea. No. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean. Yeah. And being brutally honest yeah.
0: not like after the round, she she was honest with herself and she wanted honest feedback and then go from there.
2: Yeah. My coach, I've said this before on the show. My coach growing up always said to us, golf shots don't define you. They just reveal you. Mm-hmm. And just right. And understanding, what to do and how to react, and what with what comes out of those moments and situations is going to really, you know, be the answer. And Anika just seems like she was so good at understanding her game, the coaching, the preparation, and what needed to be done next. Yeah, yeah.
3: and, and that, so.
0: th- those few things anyone could learn to do.
2: Yeah,
3: and mm-hmm. I, and I just want to say this about Pia. I think also there was so much trust between the two of you. There was less delay, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. So to I mean, I just, you could see that and then, and you guys matched up so well. So there was never, you know, with that, you know, with coaching, with that element of trust, Anika's like, well, P isn't going to give me just BS to give me BS or, you know, she wants me to learn this yeah. and then she would do it. Yeah. A lot of players today, you know, they jump, hey, they get Jumping of-
2: coaches all the time.
3: Yeah. Or even just, you know, the amateurs listening to this, they're on YouTube. Oh, that guy says that. Oh no. They said that you know, they're like all over the board. We've heard that.
1: Thing, yeah. right? <laughs> That's actually what Brotella told us on the show. <laughs> Rotella said, I don't want you having anything in your head. I want, he doesn't want mindfulness. He wants mindlessness. <laughs> and then he says, people ask him, can I just have one thought? Can you please, he goes, if you had a gun to my head, fine, I'll give you one thought, but under one condition you have to think it every time every practice swing every actual swing no matter what happens mm-hmm. before and do it every single time
0: you know actually yeah, he was created it's, a it's, you know <laughs> it's, it's our it's our preference too to be you know totally quiet yeah. mind and uh, you know obviously we meditate a lot too and know how to do it and i know we do, doing things with michael murphy and he's really well, mm. we, you know, helped how to do that so we want that we players, but we also know under the perceived pressure of the golf course, some can't access it. So if I can go to feeling my grip pressure or sensing tempo or something, it's, it's kind of like a mantra, something to stay with that is, that is, is harmless and helpful mm-hmm. when it's too hard to totally have a quiet mind when people are watching or consequences of outcome or whatever. Yeah.
1: I love that you said perceived pressure. Because I've walked on a golf course at, you know, happy hour thing. And it's just a beautiful, it's just beautiful. Yeah. But it looks different. Pressure's
2: pressure's a story we tell ourselves. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a good place to end. I want to give you guys the floor. Then we'll tell people where to find you. Anything that we didn't get a chance to say that you want to end on or anything you want to reiterate for the average player that you think is important? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, wow
0: well i Good. the the important thing is to realize that there's a process how to play the game
3: mm.
0: and please don't only learn like the details of the technical swing which is important we need to learn this process of playing the game on the golf course and it's so doable and it's only going to make it more fun to play and you're going to play better so i mean that's gonna be one thing yeah
3: and you mm. know we haven't talked about this, but many want to be more consistent. They're looking for consistent outcomes. What we're looking for are consistent actions. Like once yeah. you know you're my 54 yeah. your process, yeah. then be consistent with that, you know? Yeah. Because the variabilities can always be there, but the actions can be. Yeah, can be consistent.
0: Yeah.
1: I think be- I've heard you guys say consistency in, the, in golf is a myth. It's everything's yeah. variable.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. Internally and externally. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: We've consistent consistent action. A lot. love it consistent
1: actions I love it yeah. well vision 54.com I've got my book right here be a player Yeah. Yay. um <laughs> be a player among what seven books maybe we, more
0: yeah we, well we have four like big ones and we have a fifth one on going but then we have okay. now self-published yeah. ones on Amazon nice and, uh we also you know it's all on our website But we created a lot more remote trainings because everybody can't come and see us in Arizona yeah. so we There'd be no excuse for anyone wanting to learn that, that they through the books or remote trainings or somehow can access it.
1: Well, maybe I need to come out to Arizona so that we can show people Uh, what it's like to actually take this on the course. Clear your
2: schedules.
3: Okay, (laughs) let's make that happen.
1: Yeah, you think Neil's got some stuff. (laughs) It'll be fun. Well, thank you guys so much for hopping over the train. This was great. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. Yeah, thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: Hey guys, this is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called the train of thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget insight or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the train of thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.